I was definitely right in my intuition. I was wrong in the fight that the world was trying to tell me was it going to happen and was soul crushing, proving fighting easier from outside the cage. Um, not fighting, not always easier from outside the cage. Good luck following that, which means it is time for verbal tap show that proves. Oh, man, Raph, we can't have nice things. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, why is Poirier and Diaz off? Is Diaz just mad? So, according to Diaz, he just uh, put a message out today. And uh, this is only according to his testament, which is, you know, ain't about that life, dog. Which, <laughs> um, I don't know if that means anything in normal people speak, but I'm going to do my best to try and uh, anger translate it for you guys i think what nate is saying is i'm very angry you took away my payday you bitch is was does he think his payday was this is that why he's i don't know dude i think it's hard to follow because this was a good fight so normally i can kind of follow nate diaz because nate diaz doesn't tend to make stupid business decisions we only think of him that way he normally seems to do extremely well knowing when it's time to fight so is it possible he was like, oh, shit, people aren't going to be paying attention. This was too good. So he was like, I need my money and I need my moment, which means like a true diva in a lot of ways. He's like, well, I'm not going to release my album. I'm going to I'm going to wait until people are more hungry. Yeah, I. So this is where it gets weird, because they announced this just a few seconds that the fight was off after they announced that DC was going to be taking on Derek Lewis. Now, I know some of you guys listen to our podcasts maybe a day or two after we record them, so we can't be held responsible when, holy fuck, they just made the match seconds after we said, well, that was fun, can't wait for this Nate and Poirier fight, am I right? Oh, fuck, they got rid of it. I just no. knew the world was trying to tell me. Don't get too <laughs> excited. That was my bad. That was so, I just I got the wrong one. The hard part for us is, and you guys might have already worked this out in your heads, but we spent a day trying to figure out the rationale as to why Stipe Miocic isn't getting his immediate title shot for DC. Now you can look into conspiracy theories and say no that need, doesn't seem right. No, no need to get crazy about this. It's all we all know why. We all know but why. why, Kevin. Tell me why. Because Ohio sucks, and that's where oh, okay. Stipe <laughs> lives. I'm sorry, but I'm going to side with the UFC on this one. <laughs> you get one fight a year. Move to a state that doesn't suck so much. We'll give you two fights. I would argue maybe look at Stipe's numbers. All right. Then that. <laughs> that, could, that could have an effect on it. Maybe also look at um, Derek Lewis's number of views. On his post interview with Joe Rogan, which last I checked last week, were somewhere north of 2.5 million views. So, yeah, no, we get the argument. It just sucks that when you get Stipe Miocic, who has really worked his ass off to go ahead and defend a title, which, by the way, to me, still is a weird record, Kevin. I've defended this more times than anybody. Yeah, how many times is that? Three. Oh, <laughs> Oh, is that it? Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a lot, but no, you're right. That it, it's three. It's not a. It's not a small amount, but it's a very arrested development. Her, like, <laughs> well, yeah, three. Like, Mighty well, Mouse was on something, you know. It's me telling you, Kev. I read the Geddes book of world records, and you go, "What shitty record did you break, Raph? Not anything to my talents." Or anything that you would say, oh, yeah, he could definitely do something. You know that I would look for the easiest record for me to break, which would be podcast the most, but says the least. And you go, well, he's going to go for that. I know that for sure. And he's going to beat out all the rest of the other jiu-jitsu podcasts there are out there. Now, but Kev, so as this is happening, of course, we feel very bad. We make a meme. And we had some interesting responses this week. In the world of memes, Kev, I'm not sure how much you paid attention to these things, but I can fill you in on some of the things that were happening. I'll need that it because, damn, it was a busy week. And this is every time Khabib talked to a different world leader and every day he was uh, issuing a different statement. There's a lot to keep up with. So here are some notes that we got on the meme that we made that said, 
the difference between the way the guys got their matches because uh, Stipe asked for an immediate rematch with Ara Hawane right after losing to Daniel Cormier. And the UFC goes, mm, nah. However. Because it was Ariel? <laughs> were they, were they like, possibly. Damn it. No. <laughs> How's that? So then all of a sudden you see Derek Lewis at his post-press fight with Joe Rogan who goes, I need to sit my black ass down. Gets the match. So, Kev, turning down the match is the new getting the match. Is this a nice roundtable way of saying Nate Diaz definitely got the match then? Mm, I'm not really sure. I haven't figured out. <laughs> haven't fleshed out how all of this. the theory applies. I'm with you. Listen, I don't have a chalkboard and some yarn and some tacks to put up on a vision board, but I will get them. Uh, we had one person. This was uh, J Day Photo 92. It said the only answer fatal four way for the heavyweight title. And I just wrote, thank you. I'm going to assume that has a wrestling implication. Well, it would be all four people fighting at once. And I think that really is a solid way to settle things. Oh, actually, damn, especially in MMA, you're going to find out quickly who hates who the most. And here's the thing that always intrigues me. So our good friend Jonathan King responded, but he did a real response, which is a real person trying to do a troll response, which is you keep thinking this is a sport where rankings and titles matter. I don't got time for that on this meme. I'm just making fun <laughs> of these people. Don't bring reality into it. Jesus. Get off my lawn, King. I, I don't come into the professional, quiet, understated, try to tell you how to do your job. No, I'm just, exactly. I was trying to go. I, I ended up just being nice still. I was like, damn it. Anyway, so, okay. I there was one person who said if you get KO'd you don't deserve an immediate rematch. There are a lot of other deserving fighters who should get an opportunity for this belt. Get off Stipe's cock. So this is the best form okay. of argumentation I would argue that we have gotten from people, which is if you tend to stick up for somebody or you bring an alternate point of view, there is a inclination to say get off their cock, which I don't know, Kev. I mean, I, I think fans are just getting really angry, and I think you know when you've triggered them. I wanted to pull a Seinfeld and be like, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, reading, like, I'm reading Which is Slut Feminist right now, Raph, yeah, trying yeah. to go through my own personal rendezvous <laughs> in the Year of the Witch. So I, I first of all, love that as a <laughs> this is sort of like uh, as you were Raph was privately alluding to this week, making fun of me, like using God as a reference because I'm an atheist. So I'm just like, I don't I don't really care. It's uh, it's extremely similar to that, but it's close. I just said there would be nothing funnier than when people use the idea of God in sports. It gets murky. And people have discussed, <laughs> you know, God allowed me to win. No, God wanted me to lose. They never say that part. But I also think it gets ascribed as a positive trait. But it also goes back to those people who say, you know, how many atheists go around doing crazy shit in the name of science? Nothing. Oh, science, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the name of <laughs> I, like, I don't know, dude. I so actually for... like the idea of people being more honest, though, about why they think God has helped or hurt them in a scenario. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this when I watched Chael get knocked out. That would have been <laughs> awesome if he had swung up and been like, I've been coveting Gary, my neighbor's wife, for six, <laughs> eight months. I, I, I had this loss coming from the from the big guy upstairs. <laughs> and I'll say this. So those of you who are religious who are listening in right now, you're probably seething because anybody talking about God is probably going to get under your skin. I think they're going to like that last idea, Raph. <laughs> maybe. Very much maybe. But I think that there's an interesting element that religion can be very beneficial to you in positive ways. However, Kevin is not somebody who subscribes to the God. So I thought as a comedic angle, I would play up the fact that I would be telling Kevin, like, I'd be trying to hurt him and be like, yeah, Kevin, well, ah, shit, he's got no God, so there's not really anything I can say about that. I mean, you saw, and we, this is our favorite Khabib take on things, it's like, I am a peaceful man because of my religion. 
And he mocked that religion, and I had to violently lash out. And it's like, whoa, damn it. <laughs> I followed the argument right into a wall again. I always get sucked in. I'm always listening, and then we take a sharp left into a wall. Nothing says peace like jumping off a fucking cage. So <laughs> I, I, again, I understand because it's different. And a lot of people have very strong feelings about this sort of a thing. I would say this, Kev. This is a nice transition and do a segment we like to call This Week in Khabib. Yeah. It's going to be here a while. It's, I mean, it's not going anywhere. I, let's sponsor this. This mm. uh, this oh, no. follow Khabib this week. I think we, we got to give some shout out because people are already like, hell yeah. <laughs> if you, the sheer amount of people he's offered to fight and or fight for. And this is a story 50 cents involved. So there's a great mm. teaser. Rap and I are just going to be hot top hot topicking. Oh, hot topic. No, not no. the advertisement. This is for. <laughs> damn it. I wish it was, though. Somebody call hot topic. We're just going to be firing off UFC fun chat and convo you've already seen from the headlines. But what you also need to think about is the underwear we're wearing. When we train, you perverts. When we train. And that underwear can be found at www.northsouthjujitsu.com. Northsouthjujitsu.com. Get it? Because of the position. And it's a place Raf and I live a lot. I saw a picture of Raf guard. It's always nice when you have the best security in the business underneath the gi and the shorts makes everything else better. We'll make your game six belts better. It's just what I've heard. Proven nutrition. All right. We have uh, officially hit a point where my girlfriend and I are fighting over the proven nutrition packets. Uh-oh. Tastes great. Gives you that energy. 100% natural ingredients. Purest forms. You have to go check out our friends provennutrition.com free shipping any order over 49.99 that is a steal that's a steal don't go to one of those chains with someone with a fake tan greets you go with something proven provennutrition.com raf uh khabib's a boxer i uh. he's, <clears throat> i did enjoy your comment about floyd's outfit <laughs> thank you but what what uh, what this doesn't make any sense like didn't you just beat up connor via ground and pound all right kids let's it's been a long week it's been a long week of people there's a number of people if you just mention the word khabib they have gone on every post to let you know exactly how they feel khabib has been injusticed so, we may be referencing some of you. If you said something on our forum this week, you might be in this conversation. So, let's let's start here. Okay. Yes, Khabib was approached on social media. His social media, which, by the way, Kevin has grown, I believe, from 6 million followers to 12 million Whew. since the fight. Thanks, Khan. <laughs> so a lot of people seem to be resonating with part of the message that he is spreading right now. But the latest news is that Khabib is still in that place of being angry. Because, again, as we went to publish this episode last week, we had some notes on Khabib. We said why we felt his message came up a little bit short. We found that a lot of people were very much into what he had to say because now he's gaining the, well, fuck the USC and fuck Dana audience, which, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who go, fuck Dana. So now they have an anti-hero to get behind. And anytime you bring up the, do you think he should have jumped over the fence, though? Oh, no, not at all. But fuck Dana and fuck the UFC because they started this. And they're the ones that created this whole thing with the bus footage and, uh, and the whiskey and the things. So that's what we've been dealing with all this week. So, again, we understand. People have been creating – I think there's a version of Now This for a different news outlet that basically said that uh, Khabib was unfairly targeted. And they wrote it, and it was kind of in that sense of like the way you read it. They go, yeah, they attacked his religion. So he was standing up for his religion. And I go, 
Rut row. Well, this is getting bad. This is getting really awkward, everybody. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. I, I don't want to say that, you know, Khabib didn't have uh, evidence to show he was being provoked throughout the setup. I couldn't remember what exactly Connor said about his religion. So if you guys want to point me in that direction, that'd be fine. But I do know that the mention of why aren't you drinking might have been an allusion to the religion. But if anything, the dolly is the one that we're all like, yeah, how did that happen? How did we do anything like this? This is a stupid, stupid set of scenarios that came into everything. Anyway, as we went to Air Kev, that was when Khabib put an ultimatum for his training partners, the UFC, who they said he is for sure getting fired. <laughs> and he said, okay, fire him. You fire me. What was your response to that? I'm loving it. He's taken the playbook of his predecessor quite well. There was a lot of times Connor almost left the UFC. We've already talked about Nate Diaz, who's now one of the biggest draws, and mostly because he won't fight. <laughs> the unfight. This is pre-agency for fighters. This is This is them figuring out what to do to make more money and some of them are afforded this luxury some of them are not and khabib seems to at least be understanding that well i'll tell the ufc and treat them exactly in the winter in which they're accustomed which is terrified <laughs> it's uh usually threat-based and pretty cold not that they're to their fighters so i love it khabib's got and this is where 50 cent throws two mil at the option to yes. come to bellator well, let's not skip over one important detail, which is the reason why two mil got thrown around was that's the amount that's collected by uh, the Nevada Athletic State Commission right now, who's holding his purse. So Khabib wrote this letter that said, Dear UFC. Okay? When he wrote the letter that said, Dear UFC, we made a meme that was in response to one of the things that he said in his letter. And he said, and one more thing, you can keep my money that you are withholding. You are pretty busy with that. I hope it won't get stuck in your throat. We have defended our honor, and this is most important thing. We intend to go until the end. So this was Khabib telling the UFC and the commission, hey, you know what? Fuck you guys. Money doesn't matter to me, which is a great thing that's afforded to you when you have dictators giving you cars, Kevin. Now, I understand that. That's fine. You also have that when Putin is pulling you aside and being like, hey, don't be such a bad guy. I want to blow your father. Again, I'm not going to get into any of that. I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the response that we had to our meme that we made, which was we said, think of it from Dana White's perspective. Did you just tell him that you are willing to go to another organization, which would then make a vacant title? And at the same point, he wouldn't ever have to have, have paid you the $2 million. Yeah, sure, that might go to the commission. But you're basically daring him to keep $2 million. This is the way you wrote the letter. And we had a lot of people, Kev, this is my favorite thing in the world. We had one guy in here that made me cry laughing because people get really arrogant when they respond to how things are going. But there's definitely one person who said, and I kid you not, that they debunked our meme. What does that mean? That means, Kevin, that they showed up and they snopesed the fuck out of our meme. Cool. I don't know. That could, <laughs> that's, I like it. That's, uh, that sounds like somebody who, that sounds like a fan. I love the fact that they showed up and had to applaud themselves because when they did it, they basically said, uh, if the NAC takes Khabib's money, that's not the UFC's money, and that's NASC money now. Debunk that meme real quick. Which to me is like, oh my god, how much love did you not get in your youth? What? Did, who didn't hug you? Like why? really, why the hate? Because all we're saying is, Khabib put an ultimatum to the UFC, which is you cut him, you cut me, which I guess now is something that Khabib can do because he has momentum. And if we're talking about it, he's tied into this newfound love by 
the whole hype that surrounded Conor McGregor. He can now pick and choose how he's marketable because of this fight, because of jumping into the crowd. So having said all of that, that we've already covered. We can come I think out that, strongly on the side of accept the money from 50 Cent and throw right. a party. So, Kev, here's where it gets uh, like weird to me is, yeah, okay, yeah, Khabib did this stuff, and it's weird, and he's offering – uh, to go ahead and cut himself. So there's a loyalty aspect, which I'm okay with. But now he's pushing back to the UFC, at which point we kind of go, oh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you've got the ability to go ahead and push him around, do whatever you want, dude. It doesn't make you right in your actions. But, uh, yeah, so we had people who were chiming in, and it was a very fun time. But I want to tell you what I thought about the Russian meeting between Putin Khabib and Khabib's dad. Did you see any part of this, Kevin? Yep. What did you think? Well, that's why I already made the comments about Putin just being like, your father, I'm so impressed with you. Congratulations on raising such a crazy boy. It always it looks evil to me. It feels evil. <laughs> and I was taken aback, and it was just like, these motherfuckers love Rocky. They hate us, and I am really tired of them winning. I'm just tired of the Russians beating us right now. Did, but didn't it feel, though, that the whole thing when Khabib put up this post is he said, no, 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 no. If you look at the footage, sounding like one of those conspiracy guys, if you look at the footage, Connor actually struck first. Like, bypass me jumping out of the cage and hitting Dylan Tannis. Connor actually struck first, which makes me think, was the idea to provoke Connor so that he would actually hit somebody first, and then they could look and turn around and be like, no, but look, he hit somebody first. He's bad, too. I was like, nah, that's that's too advanced. Then I saw Putin show up. And this is after <laughs> Khabib said, you know, hey, guys, I know what I did was wrong, but believe me, no punishment is worse than my dad. His dad releases a statement. We have very, very strict rules here. I will punish him. No bear for a week. No, bear for a week. That's from Dane Grace, by the way. So then when you see Putin show up, have the meeting with him, and he says, you know, Khabib, we shouldn't be doing this. Stern, looking like Danny Tanner in fucking full house all of a sudden. It just seems like it's short of going, aww. And then at the very end when he goes, but I talked with your father, and I have asked him not to punish you too hard. Really? That's why you're going to, oh, he's going to get, oh, fuck. He's cool Uncle Putin. They've done this all the way Uncle Pootie. Uncle Pootie. There was also a moment where the father was talking about Khabib as young boys. Like, he was always sometimes a tough kid. And I was just wondering, like, go on? (laughs) What does that mean in Russian? It's like, he used to set some people on fire. He used to just occasionally (laughs) set other things on fire. It's like, uh, what did it have to do to register? Because this is the father that had his son fighting bears early on. There is probably going to be a lot more come Khabib time because everyone wants to fight him. Celebrities. um, Obviously not Steven Seagal, who loves all things Russia. But now you brought up the fact that <clears throat> Bellator then said, oh, two million, I got your two million. And that's coming from 50 Cent. And thanks to Joe Rogan, I was able to listen to the podcast with Lovato and Rogan. Lovato did great, by the way. There was an interesting thing where Joe Rogan asked Lovato, who fights for Bellator, and goes, what's 50 Cent do for Bellator? And how is he <laughs> speaking on their behalf? And I think they just responded and said, well, 50 Cent provides the champagne and gives champagne to the fighters, and that's why the champagne is on the mats when you see them compete. And they go, okay, cool. Well, Scott Coker shot down that immediate rumor super fast because I think he understands what litigation looks like, especially after their run-in with Rampage. So he's like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk anything about that because like, he's still a fighter with the UFC, and they got to figure out that mess. So, yeah, it got real, real nasty real quick. There will be, I would assume, more nastiness because money's still involved. A lot of money is still involved, and yeah. I'm and I'm then, ready for it. I'm uh, as signed a fucking up for the rest. End of the day, again, as we're about to come to start doing this show, you get Floyd Mayweather who just goes, "Yeah, I'd come back and fight Khabib too." After Khabib cuts a promo, and I love the fact that Khabib's like, "You know what? The UFC is super, super corrupt." What's that boxing? <laughs> 
do you have a spot for me? And yep. way easier to get out of their ring. Um, Absolutely. If you, there's no cage involved. You don't have to jump over anything like that. No. So, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, he's basically saying, I would entertain boxing. And Floyd responded and said, set up the checks. So I think that's where we leave at press time. And I think we wait to see what happens next, Kevin. Tune in next week for What's Up with Khabib. Where in the world is Khabib's fighting career? We'll work on that. Rap, I also want to debut a segment called Who's Fighting Who Next? With an aggressive question mark. This is in the category, and this will just be a nice fast one, but one of the classics right now is the Liddell um, Tito thing. <laughs> and that's that's been on our radar. But this week's Who's Fighting Who Next? Goes to Anderson Silva's uphill fight with a weight climb he's going to have to do. His manager said he can get down to 179 pounds to fight Conor McGregor. I have no idea why people think this is a fun fight. They are wrong. Anderson Silva left the cage not very competitively because, you know, it's hard to do when you're super old. Who's fighting who this week? I'm calling BS on Anderson Silva, A, getting to 179 pounds, and B, not interested in that fight. Kev, with the yarn that I saved for the conspiracy theories that were previously mentioned on this show, I would like to use that yarn to connect you one further, which shows, yes, Anderson Silva's talking about fighting Conor McGregor for some weird reason, who's talking about fighting Khabib in a rematch, who's talking about fighting, oh, God, Floyd Mayweather? Oh, Jesus. However, going one backwards, Kev, you might want to also remember this fact, which was this week we had Chuck Liddell put up and say, oh, yeah, he definitely wants to try and get one in there with John Jones. <laughs> so, guys, I no, just want to say. That is dangerous <laughs> shit to say out loud, Chuck. Come on, man. Sometimes, like, slow down. Because when I see a headlight like that, I say this is irresponsible. Oh. It makes me think. If you're the person hearing him say this, could you repeat back to Chuck Liddell and say, but why? And he's very steadfast in his belief that he could go ahead and dial that one back. Anyway, I don't know. And I want to be the first to say, and I love these, maybe one day we'll do just a theoretical fight matchup podcast and people in their prime. If we wanted to say Chuck Liddell in his prime versus John Jones, what a fun fight. Maybe have them talk through it, say who thinks will win. It'll be good games and jokes. Put it through the video game simulator. (laughs) That's perfect. That's perfect. That's why they made it. This cannot happen in real life. Chuck, you know that, right, buddy? I, I, Come on. First of all, I'm not sure you would have beat him in your prime. I I don't know that anyone can beat John Jones in his prime pending, especially his, his prime dick steroid pills. Um, I do love the idea that he's offering states information. It's like on your Viagra dealer. I thought it was, I thought it was boner medication. Got it. That must be really interesting to the FBI (laughs) to find all this illegal boner medication. (laughs) I think the, the, the trade of thought though was Kev, we had just put up at 1230 on October 10th. We said, John Jones versus Gus Gus two happening for the light heavyweight belt, which means yoink, Daniel Cormier, and then no less than, let me see here, oh, ten minutes later, the internet gave us, uh, Chuck Liddell is dead serious about fighting John Jones before he retires from Metal Easy. No. <laughs> Bad internet. And you know what? I think more people clicked on that. Let me see. Yep, I think a little bit more people clicked on that news. Then John Jones gonna fight Gus Gus because everyone so, wanted to tune yeah. in and make sure Chuck was okay. Everyone and the the announcement of the stripping, everyone was like, "Uh oh." And I think that we bypassed this, Kevin. But this is the part when the whole Poirier thing was like falling out. Nate Diaz and his response to Dana White was, "Fire me! It'll be better this way." In response to Khabib sticking up for his teammate, which I'm not really sure what that accomplishes. But I know I like it. 
Because I would have thought Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier was going to be one hell of a payday. Well, it was, and then they ended up getting the whole, hey, let's bring DC to fight uh, Derek Lewis for funsies, because well, what else are we going to do on that one? Yeah, for funsies. I, I, sometimes their for funsies <laughs> fights are great, though. We should call them that. Yes. Tune in next week for a new segment called For Funsies. These are the uh, <laughs> fights that just make us laugh. This week's winner, Chael vs. Fedor. Chael loses to one of the greatest all-time fighters that bears a striking resemblance to a testicle. I just can't not see it. <laughs> Loved the underwear. I don't know what Chael was doing, and I'll describe it to the audience. He, he, first of all, I do know what he was doing in that presser, and he's still just rocking that mic, just doing a cool 30 that would work at most, most comedy clubs, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's fantastic. Great in loss and really funny. Even hit back when somebody was like, you're known to talk a lot of shit, and you weren't doing that. He's like, I- I'm a truth teller. I'm just a truth teller. I don't fake it. I don't manufacture it. If it's not there, I don't create it. And then they immediately asked him, they're like, that's what the Apollo Creed costume was about. And you could just see him being like, all right, next fucking question. I don't, I don't need to be put on. But he does it way more gracefully. He lost, and I, he definitely lost me when he went to, I don't know what you'd call that. He kind of went to gator roll. Uh, he went to take the back and kind of flip. And I don't think he should have tried to grapple with Fedor. I think that's a bad idea. And I proved to be right because he flopped on his face, did essentially the MMA equivalent of a belly flop, got a nine from me. thought it was impressive, especially the <laughs> face first. Then got hit a few times, claimed he thought he took the shots on the gloves, which is really funny because that means he he's going to look at the tape and be like, oh, they weren't at the gloves. God, it was right in the face. Cool. <laughs> All right. That explains why I hurt so much. Uh, that gets our for funsies fight this week. It was great. I have two responses to you. The first is, especially seeing the way that Chael addresses a camera on the Bellator little uh, vignettes that show you the background scenes. There was one moment where on the clacker where it writes in production what you're calling the segment. It said Chael rants take five. And I said, that's glorious. So great work on your slate work there, everybody. But number two, this is interesting, Kev. <clears throat> uh, oh, part one addendum. I want Chael to host the MMA version of Unsolved Mysteries because much like Robert Stack used to do back in the day that was like, she walked alone into a dangerous town. I like the idea that Chael could very easily put us into a situation that goes, now here's a story. John Jones walks into a dick pill restaurant. I'll be like, ooh, tell me more, Chael. I'm listening. (laughs) So there's that one. Number two, you allude. I really wanted to hear what you thought of what you called the gator role. I think that's being kind. I saw Chael get into several altercations <laughs> with Fedor in that cage. And I have to say, it's way more fun when you add the words, whoa, as they're trying to take each other down. So go back, watch that fight. And then when you see Chael trying to go in for that low single or just that low ankle pick sort of a move with his wrestling base and then Fedor, not Fidel, <laughs> Fedor, sorry, <laughs> wrong foreigner. Uh, Fedor, when he starts to lose his balance, I swear to God, I yelled out, whoa, and everybody started laughing. Uh, now, Chill did, I guess, better, even though it looked like a sloppy as fuck fight, to the point where he was able to get Fedor to turtle. Now, children, this is why we talk about back retention so much. Most people would maybe be trying to get a hook if you're a jiu-jitsu person. Kevin alluded to the fact that maybe you don't want to try and choke or out-grapple Uh, fedor however if you are in that turtle position there is a lot of opportunities to strike but you know what for fuck's sake if you're gonna go against the former goat why the fuck not try to choke him out i would just caution maybe maybe if you are trying to replicate 
Leo Vieira, you maybe drill that a couple times before doing it. Because Chael said, yeah, that's a move that I've done a few times. And I was like, I would like proof. I would like evidence of you being able to do that one because there was no evidence of you tucking in your chin, you trying to disrupt their balance. You literally just jumped over to the guy and then Fedor did that thing that goes, did he just do that? Did he? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, punch, punch. So I thought that was the best gift he could have possibly given him. I should hit so, him. I, I, <laughs> you know what? I am going to. Guys, I'm going to hit him. <laughs> It was tough to watch in the sense that some people were saying, did he throw the fight? And you know it's a really awkward organization, Kevin, when Scott Coker gets asked that question at a press conference and they go, was this fight fixed? He goes, fuck. I just can't have a good day, can I? Yeah, I got Chael Sonnen to agree to belly flop off the back of Fedor's ass. It was, to uh, be fair, though, it's not that much different than Tito Ortiz winning by dumb dumb choke many moons ago over Chael Sonnen. And I know that some people have tried to do the argument that shows Khabib winning in the same kind of uh, like uh, face crank, you know, neck crank sort of a situation. I just have a lot more stock in Khabib's grappling ability to use that submission than I do Tito Ortiz, who often looks like he's going, is this a choke? So, yeah, that's where I stand on all that. I, I would agree, and I think we all are. Probably Kev, where do you say... stand on this Grand Prix, though? Was it worth it? Because we're at the finals now, and it's going to be Fedor versus Ryan Bader. Boy, how long ago did this thing start? Do you have about any, a year ago. Uh, it feels like a lot longer than that. I I really have had trouble. You know what? No. Fuck it. It's been fun. There's been some fun <laughs> fights. We got to see Rampage come back and not come back. I just really am quite surprised in terms of how much we're still kind of conversing about this one in terms of it's taken a really fucking long time to decide this tournament. So he, because Chael was even talking about, should I get into a tournament? It's like, do you have another two to three years to work through? This? I mean, we're not even through it yet. Yeah, you know, the nice part is we're gonna have the finals here in California. They're gonna do it at the Great Western Forum uh, in January. So that means some local talent here in LA may be getting the call up uh, to go to Bellator. So I'm very excited about that opportunity for a number of athletes here in SoCal. It does feel like it's gone on forever. I think it started back in January. I can't even prove it. It just feels like it's gone on forever. Um, The weird thing that I thought about when people were talking about the legitimacy of this particular tournament was I had a moment where you realize, okay, this isn't the Fedor we grew up with, right? This isn't the Fedor of pride who seemed invincible, who got dropped on his head. This is the Fedor of, no, he's human, and he's, he's in his 40s. Okay. And I'm really starting to struggle with the idea that that Fedor has to go up against a wrestler-based Ryan Bader. And it makes me wonder, oh, man, do we have to come to grips with the possibility that Fedor, one of the greatest of all time, who, again, has taken in some losses, might end up losing to Ryan Bader? I actually thought about that, too, and I'm okay with it. I All hope right. it does happen. It's kind of it should at least. I'm watching Oof. Chael get his ass kicked by Fedor. Fedor's been fighting a long time. Everybody, long, long, long time. That's just that's uh, that is a fact. And we are moving into our last few topics, Raf. Vinny yep. broke some arms this weekend. The World yes, at the PFL, which by the way has its own set of tournaments going on, which is interesting to watch. Um, I was very intrigued to see uh, how he would do. I had a feeling he would be the favorite. Um, Vinny basically won with two Kimuras that looked yikes. Um, so that was a lot of fun to watch. He'll be going up against Sean O'Connell. And uh, I put out a request to Sean if he'd be interested to come talk with us. If I'm being so honest, and you guys, if he ever does come and talk to us, I totally have the ability to take this back. I don't know that it looks good for him. Here's why. He looked great on uh, Saturday night. Um, however, he had a look because they were trying to bring him in the cage. I think they wanted to have him do a face-off 
with, uh, you know, with Vinny. But when he was waiting off to the side, he had that look that I think Kevin and I might have if we were told we were fighting against Vinny, who actually does know who we are and is actually okay, but they'd still be like, yeah, he's your friend, but he's still going to want to win a million dollars, so you're going to die. Yeah. Oh, cool. And you'd see that look of fear in both of our faces, and they're like, you could both fight him at the same time. You'll probably still both lose. And we go, yeah. That sounds fun. All right. So anyway, I would say this. We're 100% losing that fight, unless we can make him laugh and distract him into a heel hook. But I don't like our chances. He's very hard to submit. Our best best odds is I have seen him susceptible to rock bottoms, RKOs. Like it's we really have to hunker in on the WWE BJJ on him. And I feel like that's one area that he's weak. So that would be our best bet. All right. That was Rafa Sparza that said the weak thing. <laughs> um and then here's the thing that we wanted to maybe close on this week. Uh I don't know where you're at, but this is something that <sighs> She's back. Yeah, okay. She's back. She is back. So let's discuss how this headline her. started. <laughs> By getting my attention, because I think it was UriahFaber.com, which, by the way, the beacon of all news, but it was MMA Imports that wrote, Ronda Rousey breaks her silence on the Khabib and Connor situation. And I thought to myself, <laughs> were we waiting to hear from her? Has she been in hiding of some of some kind? Like, would, would, what did she have to weigh in on? She hasn't weighed in on anything MMA in, like, practically three years so, okay, sure. What does she have to say? Guess what she had to say, Kev? Uh, damn it. I, duck, because I'm coming back, and I'm coming with an even bigger <laughs> moving utensil. I don't know. I don't know what she said. Here's what she said. She said it was a weird situation. She feels that Connor shouldn't have thrown a dolly. If Connor asked, she would put in a good word for him. And lobby for him in the WWE, which I didn't expect that one to come out. She said that she kind of understood that, you know, Khabib is uh, somebody he fights with honor. It was, uh, you know, an interesting fight. And then when they asked her, like, where does she stand on the situation? She made a statement that although true, especially to a lot of fans, maybe has an element of are you aware you're saying this? Because Ronda Rousey talked about the fact that stars or fighters should not get preferential treatment. Now, I already, if you have not heard this news, I hear your eye roll. If you have seen this article, I also hear your eye roll. Here is my thought on this. It takes some form of a real... Oh, man, Rhonda, do you not remember to uh, go through and say, like, no, you definitely got preferential treatment. But I ask you this, Kevin. Do you think that she's saying that having been someone who received preferential treatment who can now say, like, oh, yeah, that was bad. We should probably not do that. I'm surprised because I would just think she'd want to go on the self-serving side knowing that she's a massive celebrity. It's like I'd go I'd lean in, not out. I'd be like, I mean, I think we should get special. I mean, we're putting our bodies on the line. We're prettier than other people. I think she should go more in the uh, Devil Wears Prada lane. Yeah. So I, I found it very intriguing, though, that Rhonda did speak openly about MMA, and she said that she didn't see the fight. And <laughs> She's like, maybe I should talk about the fight if uh, you're asking me about a rematch, which, again, showed a staggering amount of awareness but i think the one thing that Rhonda was able to say was she was mentioning how she understood the aspect of selling a fight she really did and the one thing that i think she said without even really having to say it was yeah you guys might not have liked me you might have called me a bitch but did i throw a dolly Rhonda out peace and I thought to myself, you know what? Yeah, she didn't shake somebody's hand. Yeah, she kind of was a little pompous. Yeah, she was dominant until she wasn't. And then when she wasn't, she was exposed in a way that made people go, she was never a good fighter. Yeah, you basically, she's the worst. You know, she just had an arm bar. She was terrible. Once you get on the inside, she's nothing. I would say this. I think it's very interesting. I'm very happy that she's in the WWE. She's doing great things over there. 
and she's having the time of her life, Kev. And there's nothing quite like seeing her just look around and being like, hey, guys, I'm going to get thrown in a table and I'm making a lot of money by coming here. Let's do it. <laughs> so I, I do understand that element. But there was definitely a moment where I saw it say Ronda Rousey speaks on preferential treatment. And I go, oh, boy. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun day, fun day for go. the commenters. So there you have it, guys. That that's a, I think what happened in the news this week, right? Kev? Was there hey, any more that we missed? No. In fact, we hit like uh, twenty-seven more topics than I thought we would. Which is that's what you get here at Verbal Tap. Follow us on the social medias. Find us on everything at Verbal Tapcast. Like Rev said, you want to be a part of the action, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, chime in on the comment section. We will yeah. publish it. We like you. We like having you hang out with us. So please be a part of the crew. That's uh, going to do it for us tonight. Some shout outs, Raph. And I'll, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the bar already and the name of the restaurant I was going to. Just careful what kind of drugs you do, kids. But I had uh, an exceptional weekend, and I am headed to Manhattan, Kansas, for Craig Brown's 40th speech anniversary hey. this weekend raf so everybody pray for my sobriety and oh, no. i'll uh, see y'all on the flip side and that'll do it for me well this was the last episode of verbal tap featuring kevin probably, phillips probably it's been a good run kev um no i Tune mean next week when keith krikorian takes over the wheel <laughs> jiu-jitsu's Phil Dumphy in training. By the way, Kev, I told you this, but he celebrated his 21st birthday. So happy birthday to young Mr. Keith Kikorian. But he got to taste his very first beer. And the look on his face as they zoomed in on him drinking the beer and going, Oh, ew, you guys. Oh, it's gross. And I asked him, I go, well, how was your beer? And he goes, "Mm, I didn't really like it, but... It was root beer flavored. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, they still are treating you like a child. But here's your dino nuggets, kid. He's not ruined yet. He's not ruined yet. So 21, uh, we'll see him forever in jiu-jitsu, unfortunately. Anyway, let's do this. LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. Tuesday, Thursday, 1130. Get your jiu-jitsu training there. I went there a couple times last week. Had some amazing training out that way. Then... Also, Valley Martial Arts Center. V-Mac. Also great training. Going to go train there, I think, a little bit later tonight. I think we're going to be able to make it. So I'm going to go in, get some training, see the friends, make fun of everybody, and then make my way back on out. If you guys would do me a solid, go to check out grapplinghour.com. Right now, we've got a lot of great things coming up. I just interviewed Pete Shoemaker, who uh, told an amazing story about how he had to drop out of uh last fight to win that was back in philly and our good friend mike padilla filled in for him because uh his uh business partner and longtime friend had passed away and mike padilla stepped in to take on a very game wilson heiss and uh he ended up beating him and i got to hear his side of the story because it was originally pete who was supposed to take on wilson so hearing his story and how he's going to be competing at this week's uh, fight to win. Don't forget fight to win this weekend. They've got JT Torres as well on this card. Christian Womensy versus Barrett Yoshida, which is going to be hot fire no matter how you cut that match. So check that out. Also on the grappling hour, we've got some good guests this week. We found out that our good friend Albert Morales is going to be on the Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell card. So yes, kids, some good could come from it. Hey. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah, all the good stuff. We've got plenty of interviews from last week. You can see Nikki Ryan and Uriah Faber in our backlogs or Vector Rocha, Ooh. PJ Barch. Um, the list goes on and on. But we're going to have a lot more guests coming on very shortly. And I can tell you there might have been somebody who appeared on a recent episode of Joe Rogan who might be very, very soon to appearing on an episode of The Grappling Hour if I'm being so honest. And if I'm really being honest with you guys – I'm letting you know that this is not the last time I've been bumped because of Joe Rogan. Anyway, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying we're very happy for that certain individual who was very good on Joe Rogan. 
And will be very good. And will be very good on the grappling out. There's nothing better than looking out and going, hey, um, so am I seeing you soon? <laughs> He's like, uh, get me back in November, man. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, I guess Joe Rogan's a pretty big deal, so there's that. Um, but yes, lots of stuff. And this week I also talked about uh, my grappling origins and an installment called Sunday Confessional. Going to be interviewing some other people about their grappling experiences of the stories that maybe you don't hear on our podcast or maybe other ones. So look out. There's a lot of stuff and content out that way. And I think, Kev, oh, wait, that's right. One more uh, big shout out. I want to thank uh, Dane Grace for coming out to commentate with me at the Senshi Showdown, which was all white belts, all submissions legal, team grappling, five versus five, four teams, and uh, Team West la 10th plan ended up taking it kev it was a lot of fun but dane grace was an amazing co-pilot on that one excellent and just a, a somber note to family of the podcast bubba yeah. the menace mcdaniel they had a loss in the family and if you want to help there is a funeral expenses for wilder mcdaniel his son please find the gofundme help if you can Think positive thoughts uh, and healing for the McDaniel family. Tough stuff for us. Bubba's Bubba's a beating part of the podcast and one hell of a fighter. And that will do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. Please note, the new number is...